0: street smart podcast coming to you a remote edition from Canonsburg PA and uh, sitting down today with a guy named Bob Crescent and Bob and I met one another in a very very unique way back in uh, 2018 uh, Bob's company uh, sponsored a hole at Allegheny Country Club that I was fortunate enough to hit a hole in one on and won, uh, yeah it was amazing and won twenty five thousand dollars and uh, since that point Bob and I have stayed in touch and I was going to be up here for work, and and thought it was a great opportunity to sit down and you know learn a bit more about uh, about you, Bob. So I appreciate you. you taking time to to come over here and and uh, to the the Hilton Garden Inn and and sit and chat with me.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, so this is really just kind of an uh, just a real casual conversation around entrepreneurism and what made you who you are today. And so w- in that spirit, let's start with kind of the beginning so where are you from and and how'd you get to here
1: well that's a long journey man yeah right right (laughs) no i I grew up in the pittsburgh area my father was with the city police and uh he ran swat team is a big guy and he gave me two choices cia or fbi yeah and i started out working for a private detective agency and i just liked it because there was no parameters like and again i'm not downing a small police department or anything i just can't drive a circle on a five mile grid every day that would drive me nuts sure so literally we get to work anywhere in the world pretty much and it just got under my skin i love the excitement i love the adrenaline rush i love playing around with different types of equipment and i got into it in the late 70s and um, stuck it out and started my own company in 1982.
0: wow so you've been you've been in business for quite a while then um and it's interesting. So you have a, a law enforcement background as a kid, watching your dad grow up in that environment. And so it's something that, uh, is that something that you always wanted to, to do? Just kind of follow in his footsteps or you know, it sounds like he didn't give you much of a choice, but is that also something that you, you were drawn towards?
1: No, honestly, I wanted to work on, <clears throat> I was building motors and mm-hmm. racing cars and yep. custom paint jobs back then as Metal Flake and Candy Apple paint jobs. I could do both of those and build motors. But my dad kept nudging me into college, and I got lucky. I picked up a few jobs, but it started to grow so fast that these owners of these agencies would let me bring crews of my own people and because they would getting better results than their guys were getting. And I would just cut points on deals and take a percentage of what was being charged mm-hmm. and take my own teams. And I got to the point where I was running seven to nine companies, and I was, that's before I was 25 years old. Wow. So again, that was the start of me getting my background to teach me I could do this. And when I turned 25, I petitioned the courts, and I was the youngest person ever to get their license in Pennsylvania. Yep, be 25. I had it two months after my birthday.
0: So your your a, license as a private investigator, private detective, private yes, sir. detective. Yes. Oh, perfect. And
1: that gives me a license to then hire anybody under me. because I have a corporate license, so I can grow it as much as I want. And like we were talking before, I do a sure. lot of collaborative projects people all different backgrounds i love getting guys that are retired that are papered out think about it who am i going to hire and it's like i'm not downing the school system or anything mm-hmm. but do i want the person just out of school to do a forensic on a hard drive or do i want a guy that's retired from the state police ran the forensic unit or how about over here i got the guy that ran the secret service fingerprint unit 30 years he's retired now i call him up he's ecstatic they get the work mm-hmm. and i have the same equipment the state police use as far as a fuming chamber goes so what I do is follow the trends and see what equipment who uses, and I buy it, and then we just parse what little pieces of work, you know, to different agencies and things.
0: Man, so when it comes to the the mindset of, of becoming an entrepreneur, you sort of just were that from the beginning. I mean, you, you like you said, you worked for an agency for a while, but you also were kind right. of running your own teams, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Again, this is a long time ago. I mean, high tech back then was a brother typewriter. If <laughs> you had two different balls on it. You know? <laughs> right, right. So literally, I was... Oh,
0: you have the eraser, eraser tape? Uh, That's that, nice Oh, that was, that
1: was the next model, you know. Oh, we, that was... We, next, we, had, oh, okay. we had to wait on it for a while. But uh, literally, I would carry seven to nine different letterheads in a briefcase. And I would go... They'd get a client and have me go meet with them. Like, can I say names of companies? Or, I mean, it's so long you, it's, if, As long as you're comfortable oh, doing
0: that, you're fine, yeah?
1: This is... Forty plus years ago. So uh, Bob,
0: this is gonna go out to so, tens of people. Okay, so, tens of people. Yeah, wow.
1: we grew the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like John Eagle was one client sure. that a lot of the PIs had and each it was it was funny to me because each each owner would say, Oh, we're tight. We're in with them tight and I would go under different company names and meet the same person, but different functions, like one might be an undercover, one would be say Workman's Comp, one might be whatever, a theft case or sure. something and it just to me was funny but then they got to know my face i'm like i'm working for three different companies right and eventually i'll be starting my own <laughs> right so again it just taught me a lot
0: in that line of work is that the natural progression uh, people go into it they work for an established company for a while and they kind of get you know cut their teeth and then they eventually go out on their own is that pretty normal uh trajectory for people in that in the private detective world
1: uh, to get into it in pennsylvania you either have to be a private detective full-time for three years or police sergeant or higher or with the state police for at least three years full time and you petition the courts and you there's a hearing on it and i achieved that back in 82 so right so
0: you were good to go you've been good to go for long time i mean (laughs) 82 to 2022 now so that's uh, that's easy math that i can't do on the fly for some reason so whatever (laughs) um man that's fantastic so what would you how did you figure out the moves to being an entrepreneur, because it sounds like you didn't come from a family of entrepreneurs. It's just something that you began doing. So how did you sort that out? And and what what trappings did you end up falling into, so to speak, or did you?
1: Well, it's kind of like you. I could ask you about martial arts. I mean, you take bumps and bruises along the way. I mean, I didn't walk down a golden path to to this road. I got beat up a lot. But as a child, again, I told you I had a mechanical background, and I just remember one time as a child, and I used to rebuild cars, and there was a a bearing bed on a um, universal joint, and the bearings were gone. So I took finishing nails, a pair of vice grips, and a grinder, made my own bearings. (laughs) popped the grease so again to me that's the entrepreneurial spirit to make do macgyver if you remember right. the old tv right. oh, show. oh i love macgyver so that's the theme he came
0: on just before airwolf which was a fantastic show
1: <laughs> again that's the theme of an entrepreneur mm-hmm. you got to make it work and you can't sit there and get all upset you just got to deal with it suck it up work through it and next challenge and to me that's fine it keeps you active keeps your mind sharp. so again as you progress and now i'm into it 40 plus years god i've got probably three four million dollars in equipment because if you do the math 40 years on a small year i I spend a hundred thousand on equipment Mm on a big year i might spend a million i've got easy three four million sitting around so now i get to play with all these toys and modify take old take new i mean literally we can read lips at 10 miles away optically man that's incredible no it's fun
0: (laughs) that's awesome and it's terrifying also at the same time uh but uh, unbelievable. So, where where would you attribute you know sort of? We spoke a little bit before, and mm-hmm. you mentioned spending quite a bit of time with uh, you know, George and Liddy and people like that that were true mentors in your life. Absolutely. And what did you What did you pick up through those conversations that that set you up for your success?
1: That's like a two part story, and cut me off or just you know let me know. But um, I w- literally went down. Um, Liddy was part owner of a thing called Surveillance Expo. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to attend some seminars, but they were pretty expensive. They were like $1,500 a piece. I wanted to do 10 or 20 of them, so do the math. If you displayed, it was only $3,500. Luckily, I had a sky, skyline backdrop, I think it was called. And this is back in the 90s. That thing cost me $30,000. So back in the 90s, 30 grand was like
0: it's a lot of money. A lot of money, yeah.
1: And So anyway, as I had to Now it's a trip to the grocery store. So it was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go off your gas tank almost. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but um. Anyway, I had that skyline backdrop and maybe three, four 400000 maybe half a million dollars in equipment. So I pack it up, go on, a, go on the road. And luckily, and thank you, the universe, uh, I was ahead of the curve. And I got attention, like mega attention because nice. of the backdrop and everything. Literally, my second day there, they offered me a position as an instructor. I was on 95% of all the media. I, got, I captured media all the way into Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. I was being interviewed at least two to three times a day on different television programs, all because I showed up with the backdrop, the presence, and the background, and I was ahead of the curve because we're doing custom hidden, hidden cameras, which I still do. I don't buy just off the shelf. It's like, sure. give me a picture of a room like this room. This place would be cake hide cameras in. I'm not slapping up some different, okay, look, there's already smoke detectors here. Let's put up an off-brand smoke detector. Nobody, you know, nobody's yeah, sure. going to notice it. Yeah, that's, nobody, that's
0: nobody pays attention to smoke detectors in well, public places anyway.
1: I just I know, but I, I would come in with something hidden that you can't see if it's sure. a high, high net worth individual. So, again, it's all in custom, back to the MacGyver theory. And again, I've taught classes how to hide cameras behind like ceiling panels like this using a paper clip, a melon scooper, and not much more. Because I wanted you to be able to get... No, because if I sold you a Dremel tool, I used to teach this course. I could sell you a Dremel tool with all kind of really nifty little attachments. Sure. At 2 o'clock in the morning, if that drummel tool motor burns out, you would hate my gut.
0: You know, it becomes worthless at that point. That's right. right? Yeah. But if
1: I empower you to use things you can go to Walmart at 2 o'clock in the morning and buy, what's the difference?
0: If it works, I mean, if oh, it works, works, I mean, if it works, then why wouldn't you do that?
1: I was teaching that thirty years ago,
0: and you still use it today.
1: I, absolutely, that's amazing. I keep it simple, man. Uh, hey, if it if it's not
0: broke, why would you try to fix it? Right, that's right. And, and so, I think that's a fantastic lesson. How did you know to be ahead of the curve there, or was it just happenstance?
1: It was happenstance. It was just luck, fate. And sure. again, and I, I bless, you know, the powers of above, sure. Honestly, I'm humbled by it.
0: there's so many stories, though, where you hear, you know, entrepreneurs that when they when they really kind of break through that next barrier, I mean, you can start a business, and mm-hmm. can be pretty successful. And then to get to that next layer, they're, they're, they're generally ahead of the curve on something, right, or they get noticed or something or whatever. it sounds like you can add kind of both of those things. Exactly. Uh, and you said it's a two part story. So I assume that's the first part.
1: Well, the other part was G. Gordon Liddy, and this is what really changed me. Is you know, Liddy was in prison, and he had six months to get out, <clears throat> and he was in his prison cell block, and the inmates were talking to killed the guard, and Liddy's thinking, "Oh my God, they killed the guard. Guy's gonna lose his life. I'm not gonna get out of here." So Liddy said, "Look, give me two months. If I can't help you, I'll help you whack him." Here's what Liddy did. This is what's powerful. Hmm. Liddy spread a rumor that the guard's wife, who also worked in the prison system, was having intimate affairs with different guys in different cell blocks. That's the critical part. He was so convincing, this guy, this guard, had a nervous breakdown, quit his job in two weeks. Moral of the story, a lot of people lead their lives by the old wives' tale. Lead a horse water, can't make a drink. Well, don't buy a bar, son, because you won't know how to run a happy hour. Yeah. Pizza, hot wings, pretzels press their buttons. That's where the power is, and that's where I changed my whole business structure because the real fun in this thing is the game. Like, I can prove somebody's stealing, somebody's cheating. That's boring. Sure. What do you want to do with it? You want to save your marriage? Okay, you're a wealthy guy. You've ignored your wife for 20 years to build your empire. Pardon the pun. I mean, no empire.
0: (laughs) And we didn't get into it, but the name of your business is Empire. So that is why the the pun uh, is being pardoned at this point.
1: Absolutely. But a lot of gentlemen, you know, very wealthy, and I'll be like, you ignored your wife for 20 years. What do you think she's going to do? I say, why are you being so stupid? And they get really mad at me at first, and then they break down and cry. And we go through a process. I'm like, why don't you draw a line in the sand, whether it's six months or a year, and let's work out a program to try to win her back because you've ignored her for so long if you still love her. If you don't, turn the page, move on. But 90% of them, they want another shot. And to me, that's fun. That's life-changing. And to me, that's why I still do it at my age. Because I was was offered (laughs) two buyouts in the past year and a half, and I could have retired. It's like I don't want to. I love what I do. I've got a team of younger guys, and like I said, I'm doing a lot of other things. And I do do white-label work for a few big companies, too, which to me is a blast.
0: And and you truly are changing lives, and and I – I love to hear that it's not just about the catch for you, right? And you catch the guy. That's, no. I mean, that's.
1: I got burned out on that 20, 25 years ago. Well, I mean, sure. I was ready to quit.
0: I mean, you, you only, I would imagine there's only a handful of ways you're catching. I mean, depending on what they're doing, right. there's only a handful of ways they're getting caught. That's right. And you know what those are yeah. and you just go there. And, and no one's inventing new ways to get caught cheating or get caught stealing or well, a little bit <laughs> new techniques, but the, right. the method is still probably pretty, th- pretty much the same. And uh, so you're right. And to hear that you, you take that and you turn it into, you know, how can I now help you? Right. Uh, I think that's huge. What are some things that you, when you got into business, you were 25 or you're younger than that, was, but you're 25 when you finally got licensed, yes, uh, you get into business what are some things that you learned along the way in the last however many years? I should have already done this math while we were talking, and I can't in my head do it for some reason. So 82, 92 is 10, 20, 30, 40 years, right? 40. In 40 years, what are, what are some things that you look back on and you say, man, I got that wrong?
1: Honestly, in business, I, I, I would say nothing other than COVID. That's the only thing that flipped me upside down.
0: What's that? COVID. Oh, COVID. I got
1: you. It it flipped the world upside down. Sure. It made some of my bigger customers scared, Hmm. like very big customers. And so we couldn't have meetings, and I lost major deals that, again, you can't – the only thing you can count on in life is change. Yeah. And if you roll – and you become like water. Like is it Bruce Lee that says it, that? Bruce Lee said that. Yeah. Be like water. Be like water. That's it. And you, that tends, instill in an entrepreneur, when you spend forty years to build a foundation and you feel you can stand here, and it just goes boom, and you're like, wow, now I got to reboot. Yep. But that, to me, is fun and exciting. But your mind shift and what you go through in that process tears you apart a bit. Sure. So again, I flipped it. I'm on top of it. I got my hands in probably 20 to 30 different cookie jars, cash streams. Mm-hmm. I don't care now. It's good. Uh, seriously, I need, I really don't even need. I should work about one month a year is my equation. That's all I need because I chase whales. And all the other stuff is just periphery, and we feed it. I got a crew of younger guys will be taking over as I'm going to give this thing to younger guys and just try to have a legacy program here because I just I don't, I don't want to sell it have too much invested time blood sweat tears
0: sure and it's yours and it's something that you've built over 40 years and and it's um it's as much a part of you as as your arms or your legs and so it makes sense that you would want to pass that along to someone that you feel comfortable that would continue it in the way that you would want it to continue absolutely um what are some things that you look back on you say man i got that right other than maybe the, like you said, you were a little bit ahead of the curve on on the backdrop and those things, what are some other things that you got right, whether it was just by happenstance or you said, man, I know this is the way to go?
1: I I jumped on the media bandwagon. I, I, NBC picked, it. it, it's so weird though, because I started working for a national TV show first, NBC out of Chicago, Mm -hmm. and I I really enjoyed it because they'd fly me to Chicago and I would do hidden camera work all around. Luckily, I had such a cash flow back then. This is going back a lot of years. The deal I gave them was, and I thought this through before I did it, is I said, look, just pay me my expenses. Pay for my flight, my room, my food. Give me a limo on call because NBC had 20 at the time. Sure. And I said, I'll do it free. I just want my names in the credits, and you give me letters of recommendations. Because I'd looked at it like who else would be crazy enough to do it for that. So Mm -hmm. my competition was going to be real small, Mm -hmm. and nobody had all the equipment I had at the time. So that's why I structured it that way. And they kept me busy, and I had a lot of fun with it. And the only thing I did wrong, honestly, is um, at the time I was doing 36 trade shows a year. I was doing NBC and some local TV shows, and I got offered a spot. Oprah was just starting up, and I couldn't do another show. I'm like, I can't do this. That was my biggest mistake, honestly, because you turned down Oprah. I probably wouldn't man. be here right now, man. <laughs>
0: well, you know what though, uh, and when you look at that and you say, it it almost is the uh, the equivalent of now using something like social media right. to grow your business. I man, it didn't exist back then, obviously. But you're saying, you know what, I, I believe in my process so much that I'm willing to do it for free just for the publicity associated with your show. Right. Absolutely. And how did you measure quantifiably what that did for your business? How were you able to measure that?
1: I used the letters of recommendation and the clips from the different shows Through then when I sit in a room like this or a private room in a country club with usually a millionaire or a billionaire and they always have one or two attorneys with them to nip at me. Um, when they sit there and tell me things like, you know, their attorneys will typically say something like, well, the other PI told us that. Really? Mm-hmm. Tell me what channel news do you watch? You watch the news at all? Let's talk about that. Yep. Here, here's the producer. You want to sell number and get him on the phone. Here's his right. letter. Right. Here's work product. You want to watch it? Boom. Show him a video clip. So it helps me close sales. Uh, it takes away from the talk and you know, I've got to walk in to talk. Right. And literally, whenever I, I go into a private room like this, I usually have two tables full of equipment that there's not a PI in Pennsylvania with it. Most PIs, sadly, have 10,000 or less in gear. And it, this is what is a pet peeve of mine. Because if you look at a wedding photographer, what do you think he has in equipment? The average decent wedding photographer is 50,000. He's posing a person for a picture with lighting. Yeah. How you going yep. to get a hidden picture with less than 10 grand?
0: Yeah, I, I can't imagine that you're going to do great.
1: You got a photo lens this big? I'm sorry, size matters. I'm not trying to be a jokester <laughs> here, but I'm talking lenses that are three, four feet long. You know? Well, it
0: certainly matters when you're trying to take a picture of someone yeah. that's super detailed from a distance far yeah. enough away they don't know you're exactly. there. Exactly.
1: That's why we use telescopes. That's how we're able to read in lips at 10 miles and plates at 12 miles. Hmm. Use big telescopes. The, big, the wider it is, the less light you need. You can go really wide. You can be 10 miles away. If you structure it and hide it in the right area, nobody's going to know what you're doing. I'm not sitting in somebody's neighborhood with this stuff because the average PI is sitting three houses down. Come on. Give me a break. That's crazy. That's pretty close. That's insane. If I'm doing that, I'm parking a car. It's going to be empty. It's going to be automated. Or We're going to have something else there, and it's going to be built out to fit into the environment.
0: I would imagine if you're someone that is worried about being surveilled three houses down you're going to know that well,
1: something's happening down there that's why we're doing workman's call because yeah. the majority of the time the insurance companies would lie to us and say well we never investigated this we had a guy show one we sent one of our investigators out once he was three blocks away hmm. and the target came up started shaking his car this guy was huge <laughs> thank god my guy had a quick mind and he put his arm next to the guy next to him and he he didn't wait yeah. You've, An impression. Yeah. He, and,
0: he, he, let, <laughs> he let him know he wasn't a threat in some way. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And the guy just threw his hands up and ran away. So again, baffled him with your BS, you know, basically. Uh,
0: that's the only way I've gotten ahead in life, is just by uh, being a polished turd, so
1: to speak. <laughs> well, you're jewelry now. Come on. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> At some point, you become no, uh, actually but, shiny. But, like, it's you with martial arts. You're not – you're going to talk your way out of a situation, you're a smart guy, yep. and you're worth a couple of nickels, so you're not yep. gonna get into a fight. And that's my biggest thing because I'm worth money. Like I have a gun, I have a pepper spray, whatever I got. Do I want to hurt somebody? No. I'll sit there and talk to them. I just had a heart surgery three weeks ago, a month ago, two months ago, or something. Yeah. I try to de-escalate it if I can and get out. Yeah, and but
0: then, there, but but then, to your point, mm-hmm. I'll do that, and you'll do that because mm-hmm. you have the confidence in knowing if it does escalate, well, we can do that too. I just I'm choosing Absolutely. not to uh, right. because there's so much tied up in losing that, and I imagine you come across that in your business too with the people that you're uh, working f- uh, for or surveilling, where they're like, "Man, I I can stand to lose literally everything." Probably right. in some Absolutely. cases, uh, and so when when you are working those types of things, and uh, and you you come across that circumstance, and you already mentioned that you try to to work with them and help them, and mm-hmm. and those types of things. Uh, when you report back to your employer then, the mm-hmm. person that employed you to, do you do you talk to them and say, hey, he's expressed or she's expressed an interest in making things better or different. Are you willing to work with them? Right. How does that conversation typically go?
1: It depends on the client and the circumstances. And it depends where the client's head's at too because some of them right out of the gate because I'll bring it up to them and I drop it usually three times. I go to the vice Baseball rule, three strikes, I'm out. Because sure. I, I seriously try to push saving it, especially if there's kids involved. Because mm. a lot of these people just do a knee-jerk reaction, especially the men that hires us if it's a cheating situation. And I really try to talk them down through it. And, again, what do you stand to gain? What do you stand to lose? you got young kids. Mm-hmm. You want another man. You can have a criminal record being the father figure for your child. Is that really what you want? Yeah. And you just look at them, and it's like yeah,
0: – I- that would, that would be the, the showstopper for me, just trying to picture some something else uh, mm-hmm. in, in my children's lives that didn't need to be there. When you are working cases that involve theft of property or money, right. are you obligated to then escalate that to police involvement? Never. Not at all?
1: No, we, we try to leverage the situation out of court. And I was telling you about a story we did and I didn't have sign an NDA on that one. <laughs> it was five million in gold. And we totally did it with our own team. We confronted Mm -hmm. the individual. We had enough evidence. We could have got him arrested. But again, the objective was to get back 5 million, Mm -hmm. which we did. We got 1.5 in gold. We got a property, a house, another bank account. Had a release signed by our client and by us, charges would never be pressed. The person's still walking the streets. We get back all the money, including Mm -hmm. 1.5 gold, which sometimes, when it comes through the system, might dissipate somewhat. So yep, the client's yep. very happy with us.
0: Yeah, and and the person that was in the wrong there is probably relieved. Absolutely, like, no, he was. I mean, he, he, he literally just, was
1: crying there. He was crying as he was confessing about. I, it. Well,
0: you're, I mean, dead to rights. Right. And oh, so we you, had him. I mean, you're going to prison if we want
1: you to. He would not have fared well in prison. That guy. Well, a lot of those. I mean, <laughs> he'd have been a pinata. <laughs> I, I don't know
0: that I would fare well in prison. So I'm good. I'm going to keep my, uh, on this side of the on this side of the fence, That's so right. to speak um so you take what you've done at empire now and how soon after you got empire up and running and and was it always empire yes sir yeah, from 82 on so empire's up and running you're you're doing great mm-hmm. and then at some point you say man i'm gonna i'm gonna bring in additional streams of revenue from other business ventures right uh was was that in response to how well empire was going and you're like man i can do this entrepreneur thing was that in response to that or just hey man i this is just who you are and you're just gonna to continue to have these opportunities and look for these things.
1: What it is is through the years developing clients that become lifetime friends. I mean I've got clients and that are my friends that's seriously 20, 30 years. Sure. So when you know somebody thirty years and you've seen them at their lowest point of their life and you pull them out of that and save them, you get this bond. I mean it's like if you're in special forces military sure. or anything, it's the same. It's very similar. So they become lifetime buddies. So now this- Well, your
0: bond is fused through a very unique circumstance. Absolutely. So yeah.
1: But a thousand percent trust. I mean, we're talking, they trust me with everything. and But that person may know how to generate, say three to five million net profit a year doing whatever they do. And all of a sudden I have an opportunity, saying selling these water bottles, because he had these water bottles there and so pulling this out of nowhere. And that person was used to selling $5 million of those, but now I've got a new source that he didn't know about. So hey, if I can build a little bridge between us, I'll, I just want a sliver to deliver. Mm-hmm. If you use my source, give me some points. If I don't, you don't use my source, I make zero. I don't need paid, I'm good. I want to earn my keep. Yep. So I'm very confident in what I do and people I bring aboard. And uh, again, that's just been developing more and more and more because again, as I'm aging, But I'm still meeting people, thank God, older than me. Uh, Like I said, I've got a guy 84. I've got a mentor that's 80, and he's still taking people to um, Italy. Uh, He's amazing. He's one of my mentors. And I have a female friend in Vegas, and she's 80, and she has six syndicated podcasts, which, again, I'm introducing you
0: to. Yep, absolutely. I'm looking forward to speaking with her just to pick her brain and find out what makes her at 80-something years of age want to keep doing this kind of stuff. You know. Loves and, people. Uh, yeah. And, and that's what it comes down to. And I think in a lot of cases, too, uh, from an entrepreneur perspective, uh, and you get this sense when you talk to you for more than five minutes is that you, you love people and there's a genuine interest in knowing people. And I think as long as you can go through your professional life or personal life, either one, as long as that comes through the people that you interact with, that what we're having is a genuine conversation, I'm interested right. in you as a person. Uh, I think that sets you up for success. No, it does. In the beginning, right off the bat.
1: Yeah, it's not the money. It's all about making that person happy with their expectations. Mm -hmm. I finite it down into writing. Like, I don't do verbal anything anymore, and that's one thing with some of the attorneys. They don't like that. They want to just talk to you on the phone. Sure. And I'm like, sir, with all due respect, either put it into a letter or I'm I'm not going to take your call ever again.
0: Yeah, conversations uh, tend to be... Uh, fungible <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, all, to say like that's like hiring a contractor to fix your house and then you're like well I didn't tell you to do only the kitchen I want my roof fixed it was like no where's that in the scope of work yeah yeah no way
0: so what, what are some of the other businesses that you've gotten into that you said you know hey man I, I thought it was this way but it's not exactly what I thought it was and that you look back looking back on them now Uh, you wouldn't do the same thing.
1: Well, in particular, again, this goes back to Ninon, my friend. Mm -hmm. She does private real estate transactions, and she's very good at it. And um, she brought me on a contract years ago, and I just feel bad because I got too busy in my own business. I neglected it. But it was a sale of a hotel. I'm not going to say the name of it. But my cut out of it would have been $5 million. Mm -hmm. So thinking back, I didn't think properly. Now that I'm aged a bit more, sure and um, seasoned, seasoned. I like. Thank you. Seasons is better. <laughs> Next rounds on me.
0: As people, uh, my my daughter the other day looked at me. And she goes, "Dad, your beard's getting gray." And I That's said, really? "It's it's called executive blonde. That's it's nice. not gray." Very good. Love yeah. that. Love
1: yeah. that. Love that. But um, you know, again, it's just doing private sales, and I could have easily even just taken a million and paid four million to a team and still made a million. Yeah. And not done. Personally, pretty much nothing other than motivate some people and i didn't do that i feel like i let her down i'm seriously i I need to take a trip down there i'm working on a few small private equity business sales a couple properties nothing real big though but i really want to get back into that arena with her because that's where she made she made billions of dollars back in the day Mm -hmm. i mean she was a beverly hills socialite and she's a dear friend of mine yeah that I just—that's where I feel like again, empire just sucked me in, and it just—it's a reality of being an entrepreneur.
0: It is, uh, and that's a—that's a hard thing, and I've—I've I've talked about this uh, with people before. Uh, you, one of the things that's limited me, you know, stepping out and doing that type of stuff is being around other entrepreneurs. Uh, and my dad was an entrepreneur, and he's been married 53 years. But I've seen other entrepreneurs that have just burned down relationship after a relationship because they could never—they—they they, was that you? Sorry. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to hit close to no home. But I, I'm good. What I'm saying is is it seems to me in watching that that that's what it took for them to be successful, and they were willing that that juice was worth that squeeze for them at that time. And I and that's I so
1: ironic you use that term. Oh my god!
0: And I've never uh, I've never thought I've never had a conversation with with someone after the fact to say was it. You know, was that was that worth it? And if it wasn't, what are you doing now to guard yourself against that same temptation? Because that is who they are. That's, that, it, it that work ethic and that kind of stuff is right. something that's hard to get out of somebody, especially when they're as intricately involved in the business and like with you with Empire. That's something you love doing.
1: Oh, it's in my blood. It's in your blood. You it's get in a your. Rush. You it's a in your out of absolutely. It, your heart pumps, man.
0: Absolutely, it's in your DNA, and right. so. Anything like that is going to create potentially that vacuum that will it can be an all all encompassing destroyer. So, how are you guarding against that?
1: That's interesting the way you frame that because I would sit here and spin it back into a positive. E- either that that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Sure. So I consider and say your jujitsu moves could kill you. Yeah, I they, mean, and they yet- can. They can. Then why are you still practicing? At your age, don't you wear protection? I mean, well, us I mean, talk about it.
0: <laughs> we we don't we don't use it when we wear murder pajamas is what we call them. Just a gee, but right. yeah, definitely could hurt you and right. and definitely have accumulated some injuries that won't ever be 100% so again. So is the
1: juice worth the squeeze? Because you're no. passionate about it. It's absolutely worth the squeeze. That's right. But... See, mine, I, I go with the same thing. That's all I'm saying. Sure. Like, you, I'm having you answer my question. I'm yeah, absolutely. on this thing.
0: And, and it is in that capacity. Now, to flip it back around... Mm-hmm. And the discussion that, that I was looking at was from right. a relationship perspective. Right. And I've seen this in jujitsu, too, because right. jujitsu can be something that people get so consumed with, right. especially in the beginning right. when you think, man, if, if I miss tonight, there's that one move they're going to show that's going to wow. lock everything, and it just doesn't exist. Right? It's just time and application, absolutely. Uh, just like everything in life. And right. I've, I've watched relationships, marriages, succumb to people wanting to go to jujitsu. And that is... Arguably dumber to me than right. a marriage failing over trying to run a business and, and be successful. But it's the same concept.
1: See, with me, I just, I'm learning the temperament of what I need to be around because of what happens through this business curve and things. And um, so I'm I'm good with relationships now. I understand, you know, the, my dynamics and what I need. Sure. And it took a lot of years of learning and I mean, you can sit here and say, "Okay, I've been in business forty years. Forty years ago, what was I driving? Am I driving a car that's forty years old?" I'm sorry, but we need some new modifications along the right, way. Right, right. I'm sorry to make it sound that way, but no. I mean,
0: I, I do understand the the concept, and I've had right. friends too that you know they they were with their uh, their wife or their right. spouse for since they were in high school. Right. And as they begin to grow. Professionally and 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 then in their social spheres and everything, right. the other doesn't adapt as well. Right, and and I do get that. I, I just wonder. I just wonder if you go back and you ask, is that was that worth it? I don't know that you get a consistent answer across the board. It's just an interesting observation I've made, and it's something I know about myself that if I was to say, okay, I'm all in on a business, right. I know that I would spend literally too much time trying to make that thing go and neglect everything else. And I know that because I will schedule a meeting and somebody will go, hey, you know, that's Thanksgiving day. And I'm like, oh, shit, you're right. Sorry. Uh, Let's do it another day. Uh, And so uh, are you not free that morning, I guess? I don't know, whatever. But um, So I know that temptation with me and I've seen it with others. And that's something that when I look to why I sometimes think why I won't do it or haven't done it, that's a big driver for me.
1: Well, but you're again. You're older now, you hmm. know. Which I'm older than you, so I'm not like dissing you or anything. But I, I started in my 20s, so again, I just went all out, pedal to the metal, like sure. run it and grab every opportunity, leverage the media like crazy. I got in with over 25 television programs nationally and locally, so they spread my name like wildfire. So again, when you improve yourself to the media. I'm not sitting here playing this game. Where you get earn your stripes with my company. I'm like I've done that 30 times. Sure, it's on air, man. I, I've got cameras and lenses that are ten, twenty thousand, fifty thousand dollars a piece. There's not another PI. Like you use a TV station, their cameras are two hundred thousand right? uh, dollars.
0: It's unbelievable. When I was trying to buy just a camera for this, uh-huh. um, I was like, oh my god, those are. It, it goes from not a lot of money. Uh-huh to a whole bunch of money real fast uh, and you, you know it, it really depends on what you're trying to get out of it right, right. and and so uh, for me I ended up going with a GoPro but it still works great absolutely it, you know it records no, we very use, clear videos yeah yeah, we use those too. yeah I, that thing it's been uh, fantastic and you know what was that really the most interesting thing was most of the uh, cameras I was looking at using would only record in like 30 minute increments or Mm -hmm. to get the ones that would do continuous recording were thousands of dollars
1: right
0: that'll do continuous recording as long as the battery lasts or you have it hardwired in like i do right there it'll record for as long as that card will hold space
1: the one thing you need to look at it's called black magic Mm -hmm. because i bought those too, and it's uh, broadcast quality a lot of the churches use them, and okay. then they build them out on a platform, but that goes into the hard drive, whatever size hard drive you use, mm-hmm. you can build, again, whatever platform you want.
0: Yeah, um, they're not giving that away, though, huh?
1: Honestly, i got a brand new one sitting there. <laughs> I'll give you one, man. You can have it, brother. <laughs> Seriously. Uh,
0: and you heard that on the podcast.
1: That's It's yours, man. Oh, awesome. I'll give it to
0: you. I love you, man. This is fantastic.
1: I just want to take you to Vegas one time and bet with you.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm only lucky every once in a while. My <laughs> wife's the one that you would take you to Vegas. She loves. We were married in Vegas.
1: That's wild. Where did you get married? At?
0: We got married at the Flamingo.
1: Are you serious? Yeah, oh my God, that's old school.
0: Yeah, we got married at the gazebo at the Flamingo by a wow. Baptist minister. And I tried to give him his. I uh, tried to tip him with chips, and he said, uh, "I can't take those. Uh, I can't be seeing cash." And <laughs> I said, "You know, that's. I didn't think about that. I'll be right back." Right. But uh, but no, we did. Yeah. It was a. Uh, when we tell people we got married in vegas they're like oh what? It's, it wasn't like that it was a planned you know we got there we had fresh hawaiian wedding lays flown right. in it was very very nice very and cool. uh, uh but yeah old school flamingo man yeah, yeah. I, I used to go to my favorite casino to go to was o'shea's because okay. it was just a you yeah. could find single deck blackjack you could sit down you could play cards for hours and hours and hours right. and that's not there anymore Uh, I think O'Shea's is still there but it's they've it's not the same thing that you know you walk in and you're like oh there are ghosts in here with you you know that it's a different thing but uh, yeah we love Vegas. Have you
1: been back to Vegas lately?
0: Uh, Not lately we used to go every year Um, and COVID slowed us down a bit obviously Um, but yeah when we go we tend to go to Fremont Street whenever we're there just because it's a little bit more our speed Hmm. Uh, just kind of a cool cool vibe down there.
1: Do you circus day salacious at all?
0: Uh, We've gone to, I've been to, I'm trying to think which one we
1: went to. You ever go to the Wynn? La Rev.
0: Uh, We've been to the Wynn, yeah. We say the Encore once. No, but
1: they have a Cirque show there. Oh, okay. Um, Very interesting. And they have a VIP section where you get chocolate-covered strawberries and champagne. I'd say take your wife there. (laughs) Hey,
0: and, and that's a tip from the Bob Crescent. That's right. So what are you currently, how many businesses are you currently involved with?
1: Probably about thirty to forty different sectors uh, outside the PI industry, but within the PI industry, there's probably different. Probably about fifty layers. It gets tricky, uh, but that's what's kept me in business so long. When the economy tanks, process goes up. And this is interesting. And there's no reason I so pr-
0: explain that when it tanks, process. What do you mean, process goes people up? People sue people. Got gotcha. you. Like okay. crazy. So so there's action happen when it goes when. When shit goes south, people start looking for creative ways to get paid. They
1: do. But gotcha. in, in addition, there's a lot of foreclosures. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: here's an interest. In, so what do you do if I'm, okay, if you get hired to paste foreclosures on doors of houses that are vacant for one to two years, what do you do with that kind of information? How about you maybe form a company and you get a group of guys together and maybe invest in some you know some houses. Go buy some properties. And go buy some properties from the distressed homeowner or the bank. I know one to two years before realtors know about this stuff. They That's brilliant. Have, so we play with it. So I'm getting paid to look at a house. Literally, I just sent one of my contractors to go look at one. I paid him to put the paper on the door. But then he took pictures of the house. I'm like, we want it or don't we? Yeah. And then yeah. We well, go he's
0: and already there. It. I mean, he might as well. It's a win-win. Yeah.
1: So, again, you take a negative and spin it. So, again, I've learned because that used to be a really pressure-oriented business to me. But I learned it, again, with real estate where it is is I take that negative, flip it to a positive, positive. I have a database with a couple thousand leads in it that I could sell to investors even. I could charge them points on a deal. Sure. Here, I won't even charge you. I'll I'll charge you when the house sells. Here's our contract. Yeah,
0: here's the information. On the back end of that, I get 10 points or whatever. You got it. Right, yeah. You got it. Man, that's awesome.
1: You just, again, adapt along the way. It's a MacGyverism to me. Yeah,
0: it absolutely is. It's, It's adaptability at its highest form. It's looking for for ways to, uh, you know, wh- where is it going and, and how do I get in on that now? So when you say that, other than Empire, the private detective work, what's your favorite business you're involved okay, with?
1: Wait a minute. You're saying you know, it's on the highest form. I'm going back up a second because, honestly, I, I, I – I can come off because, again, the brand is strong, mm-hmm. but I honestly look at myself as shoe shine boy. I literally call myself to the, that to the attorneys and some of our wealthy clientele, because they'll thank me and their jaws will drop. Sure. I'm like, look, just remember, I'm shoe shine boy. I want you to look good at the party. I'm not going to the party, telling the attorney, I don't want to go to court. You need somebody in court, I'll pay somebody, I'll get you somebody papered out to sit there in court and play your game. Like, it's not me. That's not what I do, but um, I'm sorry, I didn't try to avoid your question. No, 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 because I'm going to ask
0: the question again. But and, and I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm right. saying. Is MacGyver the highest form? I was saying right. it's taking that concept of adaptability, Absolutely. and applying it at every level. Absolutely. So when you look at the the businesses that you're involved in, and the question I asked was, mm-hmm. other than the the private detective stuff, which is your heart, like right. you, that's that really in your DNA, it truly is. Other than that, what businesses are you involved in? What's a business you're involved in right now that you're like, man, I really love doing that?
1: I like flipping real estate where we're, we set up shell companies when we buy real estate for billionaires and millionaires and nobody knows who's buying it for That's fun.
0: Yeah, that does sound fun, actually.
1: And it, I have a team of people all the way up to psychiatry level people that work for us. And um, I love that because, again, it's just I do – not all that much other than I opened up the gate that brought this to the table. And I keep again, building more and more and more. It's just bring more opportunity who wants to come to the party who can help us, who can, I call it play because if it's work, I walk away from it. I not want to do it. I not want stress. I'm too old. Like I'm done with that, man. It's like, I got to play dress up. Uh, like I'll do that occasionally, but I'll go in dressed up every day. I don't even go to my building every day. I own a corporate building. I don't even go every day. Yeah. I might go twice a month now, you know, that, um, why? It's, I got brick and mortar, but I got so much in there, I can't get rid of it. I need to store some, you know, a good chunk of my equipment, but sure. I have it at three locations right now.
0: So how many people work for Empire?
1: See, I use contractors. It's mm-hmm. not like employees, but last year, while well, Covet, outside of Covet, we generally pay right around a hundred or more contractors, and they just have different facets of the business. Sure. And then a few of them own their own companies, whether it's PI or whatever, and they wholesale to us, it's just relationships. And again, it's, I mean, if I'm flipping houses, do I need the contractor or do I just hire the drywall guy? And it's the same thing with me with this, but I I really grab a lot of people when they retire. I love their mentality. I know their work ethics. A lot of them even started with me. It's gone full circle now. Guys 25, 30 years in the police departments are retiring and they're begging me to hire them back. They're like, oh my God, Bob, I made the wrong choice.
0: It's fantastic for them too, because if they've retired, they're getting a pension. And so then they double up.
1: You got it. You
0: know, I, my brother, he's a captain in the Highway Patrol in Oklahoma, yep. and uh, I've told him that I was like, "Man, do do your twenty, you and it. then uh, if you want to do more, do more. But if you don't, right, get out and do something else, man, and, and double up." Absolutely. Uh, so, you have kids?
1: One. He's twenty seven.
0: Is he following in Dad's footsteps?
1: I I tried that. He has a videography business. He does weddings and corporate work, but he uh, is a part-time minister heading towards full-time ministry.
0: Man, that's awesome! But he's sort of in your line of work if he's doing videography and stuff like that, right. because uh, you know, obviously, you have a, a a good amount of equipment. One less piece of equipment because you guaranteed me one, <laughs> so <can> have it. <laughs> we're figuring that out. Does um, he live in the area?
1: He's in the Trinham area, and he's with Generations House of Worship Church. Okay. And they do a really big, like Easter egg hunt, that's one of their big claims of fame, usually about 5,000 kids. Oh, wow. Easter bunny jumps out of an airplane, usually two, three TV stations show up. They even have a special needs section within the building so the kids that are disabled can still enjoy the Easter egg hunt kind of thing. So it's just really cool. It's like a Christmas day kind of experience. I love the energy there.
0: Yeah, That's amazing. And, And what did you say he is? I'm
1: sorry? Where did
0: you say he's located?
1: In Generations House of Worship Church in uh, Brackenridge. It's outside Toronto.
0: So in Canada?
1: No, it, in Pittsburgh area. Okay. So, all right. Like oh. from here, it's about 40 miles.
0: I'm a native Texan, so you say Toronto. There's only <laughs> one in the world that I know of, gotcha. uh, but that's on me. And so what are some things that you would love to tell someone that is hesitant to start a business? How would you get them to get past that hesitancy?
1: Honestly, I, I drag my collaborative partners through um, Tony Robbins' UPW Live, not virtual. I don't like virtual, as we discussed. You know, I, I hate Zoom meetings, too. But UPW Live, you do about 15 hours, 18 hours of training and walk on hot coals barefoot your first day. Mm. That's your first day. And you go through four or five days of training. I think it's four days on that one. That's a great place to start. And it just shows you what you're really made of. We wake up with a stiff neck or something. We're like, oh, mm-hmm. I can't work. I don't feel that good today. No, man. No excuses.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big excuse guy. My wife will tell you that there are very rare occasions that I take time off. Mm-hmm. Uh, if If I'm sick, well, what I'm, I'm going to have to be bedridden sick. Right. So, you know, last year I had to have a, a hernia operation oh, in my. like October. And so I had the operation on Wednesday. And that Monday I was back standing at my desk working. Mm-hmm. Now, it hurt. But, hey, I had stuff to do, Right. and I'm not swinging a sledgehammer uh, these days. So I'm able to do that type of work. But I get your point that in so so much of our society seems content with, you know, I have PTO or, you know, whatever. I'll just – I'll be sick today or, you know, I'll play hooky.
1: But, see, that work ethic you have has you wired to be an entrepreneur.
0: I think so. Uh, like no, say- I know
1: so. I just think you should dabble in collaborative projects. That's all to put your foot and your toe in the, in the pool. But then I would just keep modifying and get a group, get another group, another group, another group. And all of a sudden you're doing very little, but making at some point I get you to two to three times what you make a year net, and then I get your attention. I'm like, okay, let's play with the metrics now. Mm-hmm. And that's where the fun's at, and that's what I do every day with people.
0: And so you're advocating for instead of – you know jumping out there and going okay i'm all in on this one idea right coming together with with several people and the analogy you used was actually pretty interesting you'd said you know if you're going to throw a, a, a backyard party and you don't want 100% of the bill right you call your buddy and say hey you bring the beer and i'll Got get it. the food and you bring the whatever and uh and, and so how, how do you go about identifying those types of opportunities and those they may come to you and, and I'm sure you get people come to you all the time because they know now that you're in, into that type of uh, mentality. How do you identify the viable opportunities versus the ones that, man, this is just going to be a money suck.
1: There's a couple of metrics I use. First off, I look for the mentality that you have that you've already displayed. You can just tell by your physical shape that you care about your body. You work out, you go, you're in the top 5% of your age group, probably in fitness.
0: Well, it it helps that the testosterone shots keep me going. (laughs) Those things are real helpful, but uh, but yeah, no. What,
1: what do you run your? I'm going to ask you that. You can edit this. Out. Go ahead. What do you run your numbers at?
0: My test my testosterone uh-huh. numbers. Well, so when I first got tested to find out if I was low, right? My numbers were low. They were What's like two sixteen. Okay. And my doctor, who's uh, he's like a a guy's guy. Right. He goes, man, you're basically an eleven year old girl. I said, yeah, that's true. Uh, so he started off giving me um, one one mil shot a week. So it's 200 milligrams of test. Gotcha. So one shot a week or one shot every two weeks. Sorry. He's like, try this that's very to, low. to begin with. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So I start that. Now the other 40 something year old guys I do jiu-jitsu with, they all take testosterone right. and they were all like, that's a bullshit thing, man. You need it every week. I was like, okay,
1: that's a low number, though. So yeah, two sixteen is That's a rookie number. You ever watch Wolf <laughs> yeah. Wall Street? That's a rookie number to say. <laughs> yeah, it was it went, uh, and start doing that thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so what? Maybe the best Matthew McConaughey scene in history uh, is definitely iconic. That movie's great, by the way. I follow that dude, the real guy, on Instagram. Talk about a life lived, man. Yeah, oh my that. God, dude, Jordan Belfort. Yeah. So anyway. um, so I start taking that weekly or bi-weekly. Go back three months later. I tell him, you know, hey, about day seven, I'm starting to get a little bit run you, down. You
1: have to go to him to get the injections.
0: No, no. I give it myself. Okay, good. I, I look myself in the sip, eye in the mirror in. and do sip, it.
1: Sipinate. Hmm? Sip and eight,
0: right? I, it's just the injection, yeah.
1: Yeah, but it, it's siponate. You draw it out of a brown container? I, well, I
0: draw it out of a vial and mm-hmm. then inject. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Grown man stuff.
1: I know yeah I do it too. I just I, want to know what your number I, is bro I, I said, all right I'm getting
0: there. It's a good story. So I said, man, I'm just kind of a little bit run down on day seven. Um, and he said, I tell you what we'll just double it. We'll give you you know a shot a week. It's perfect. So fast forward you know six months or whatever. I go for more blood work right. and I'm on day seven of right. that cycle. so I'm right at the end of the cycle. My numbers were in the like twelve ninety range okay and uh, which is high but not that not high. for your age no and and he looked at me he goes you're doing great and great. so uh i would say my numbers probably fluctuate in the the 1200 range uh up and down but man it's uh you want to talk about something that changed my life that that did for sure
1: yeah my doctor runs me 12 to 14
0: yeah 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 it's great
1: just make sure you, you drop red blood cell. So your hemocrit runs high so
0: yeah so if i start feeling where i can't like draw a deep enough breath or you know whatever i know it's time to go do a bloodletting <laughs> so we uh we go do that but
1: what's your hemocrit number did he tell you
0: i don't know that number no but i i do know physically when i 15, need to go
1: 15 should be your number i'm just trying to help you i had a dear no that's great. i had a dear friend i that's weird i'm doing this you can edit as a second strongest guy in the world just passed away six months ago yeah he worked for me part time i kept on him dump 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 dump, dump. he's overshooting and dump heart attack,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Fifteen's a number. Mine right now, oh man, mine's probably at seventeen. So I got to dump another bag. I just dump two, at like weekly, Yeah. week, week, week. I have a letter. Yeah, just
0: just going bloodletting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can
1: go to a blood bank. I have a letter until my chemocrit's fifteen. They take it. And just keep going. It.
0: Yep. So that, that's great news.
1: I just want to make sure you don't kill over. <laughs> but to
0: to your point, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were going we were we got on this topic because you were you were talking about what you look for right. uh in someone to ensure that it's not just some you know bullshit thing they're trying to get you to invest in right. uh, and you're you were mentioning you know that mentality is one thing right, so you're looking for somebody with a lot of drive uh, and a certain type of of mentality then what
1: Well the other thing is realizing what I do for a living anything on paper. And I'll just say hypothetically because mm-hmm. we're on air.
0: <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's obtainable. My favorite thing was right after I, I had the hole in one, mm-hmm. and uh, you you had to get my information. And right. those that don't know how that works, you don't. They don't just hand you twenty five grand at the at the venue. Right. It's an actual insurance claim. It is. So y- you purchase an insurance Absolutely. policy on the hole. Yep. And so the insurance policy is held by Empire. Yes. And so the loss is occurred for Empire, and then they pay you and then you turn around and you have to pay me yes. uh, and so it takes time and so when when I rolled up in there and was like drinks on you I was like no no I'm still broke no not right now uh,
1: but you could have hit me for the drinks <laughs> yeah. I would have bought everybody's drinks
0: at the place but I you care. were I, you were more happy about me doing that than I was
1: absolutely no I was never around to anybody it, I had a whole one insurance all the way up to a million dollars I was begging I was hopeful people would get the million
0: damn dude I
1: did that probably 10 years in a row just four people at a time this is kind of expensive yeah, to get yeah, that yeah. kind of a number but I was praying somebody get it just for the PR hit on it.
0: It was unreal. But my favorite thing that you said to me was I said, do you need my ID? And you said, no, nah, I'll find out who you are. I'm a private detective. <laughs> and then I said, oh, okay. And then you're like, no, but seriously, give me your ID. So it was, uh, that was hilarious to me. But, but to your point, yeah, I would imagine that given uh, your background and what, you're, what Empire does, you're able to compile a, a good amount of information on people.
1: An insane amount of information.
0: Yeah, before you ever do any type of business with them.
1: If I just have your cell number, if it's legit and not a burner phone, I own you. I Anything I want, I got you. Anything.
0: Okay, well, damn it, I texted you today. <laughs>
1: I had I still got your driver's license. Oh, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah. know what bank you cashed oh, at. Uh, you, yeah, you You've, know? That's you've easy. known, you've known I everything. that about, one yeah, yeah, you've, known,
0: you've known everything about me for a while. So hmm. uh, but, so you you – uh, and, and it makes sense that you would utilize that ability to, to vet somebody.
1: Let's go full circle to relationships. Sure. Now you understand why a guy like me sometimes burns through some. There are no secrets. That's true. I know, but that's tough.
0: Yeah, that would be tough. That would be tough to, to uncover. If someone's in your
1: inner circle, inner, inner circle, and you know that there's things that were discussed and things of violation, and I have people believe me. Anybody get involved with signs, NDAs, and they understand what I have access to. I throw it on the table. I have to because of people I work for. I can't have a loose cannon. So you yeah. say, is it worth it? Okay, what's let's say you get cancer in your body. Are you gonna let it grow, or are you gonna get it killed? Cut out.
0: No, it it makes total sense. It actually does, and and it it the fact that you're sitting here with me means that. Everyone listening, I'm a good guy.
1: You're an Awesome guy, you're you're lucky man. That's why I'm wearing this hat with you, right? We're and like you
0: brought October. me a you brought me a lucky hat, <laughs> too, and I love that because I actually uh, I have a couple of those already. But um, that would be hard. And that's something I had not considered until just now when you said that that you have a tremendous amount of information on the people that are in your life, and they can't hide from that.
1: Right, and they know that. Ah. Uh,
0: man that would be tough and
1: and the more intelligent they are the more they think they can get away with
0: you know what's funny though and it's not funny haha it's funny ironic right and i know that about you even before you said it inherently i know you could pull up any information on me Mm -hmm. that you could ever want right and it never enters my mind because uh whatever pull it up there's nothing for me to (laughs) there's nothing to worry about
1: I, I just admire you. I want your lucky streak. Seriously, I'm dead serious. Well, like I would take twenty five thousand right now. And go to Vegas with you. And say let's go. I'll throw the money out. Let's split anything we walk out of here with. And even the twenty five, I'll well, even cut that in half and say we walk out with that. I'll split that. You, I don't you, really you, care. Uh, I would you, do
0: it. You're drastically overestimating nah. my lucky streak. It was a, truly a lucky day. But I will tell you this: my wife would confirm for you that in my life, big picture in my life, mm-hmm. things just generally work out for me. That's good. And and I, I would caution her in saying, I know it looks like that. There's a tremendous amount of work that goes into relationships and those types of things that make it look like things are just working out for me. Right. And and I know that that is the same for you. I know that you have genuine relationships with people. And, and it has got to be hard when you know everything about somebody, or you can know everything about somebody. Right. Uh, and for I can tell you for me, if I had the ability to look up information on people at my whim, I would mm-hmm. really struggle not to do that at all times. But that said, I would imagine that the new of that wears off at some point, And you just only look into people if you have reason to. Um, so, you, so when you're looking at going into business, you again, you have a tremendous amount of information that other people probably wouldn't right. uh, that aren't in that line of work. What would you tell those people when they're looking and evaluating a business opportunity? Aside from just the, let's say you find some showstopper in someone's background. Let's say you don't do that. What's something that you would look for to identify, hey, man, I want to be in business with this person, or I don't?
1: Honestly, if you can, find guys that are 60, 70 years old. They don't have a family or their family doesn't want the business they don't want to sell it and it's their heart their blood sweat and tears let them mentor you they'll give you the biggest gift you can get they don't want your money they want your time they want your heart and they want to see their business live on you're not putting money up you're putting time up they might make you buy something or whatever just to qualify you and that's all it is because i sit here and say charge you fifty thousand dollars i've spent that on wine i spent that at a bar at events it's not a big deal to me but again if you find a person with the right mentality it's not some carnival act you know buy this franchise buy this licensee right program. right like i just don't do that like i cut collaborative projects with people like you i'd love to do some collaborative work seriously your work ethic is phenomenal and your background's very good too and it, it, and i'm lucky that's right. You're lucky man. And I'll, I'll always call you that, man. I don't care where we walk into it. You know, care, it's, it's, it's all good. Man.
0: Every once in a while, my, my Facebook feed will have just you in it saying, Hey, Mr. Lucky man.
1: <laughs> Got to, man. It's just a very yeah. memorable moment in life.
0: Uh, well, again, going back to, like you said, with relationships that you've, you've forged with friends that have been lifelong friends. You're, right. you're forging that relationship in such a unique circumstance. And ours is no different. Right. It's just a, it's not you didn't forge it through the worst time in my life. You right. forged it through like, Very oh my gosh, it, this this is the most amazing thing. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget what I hit on that hole. I'll never forget watching Louis Lips' reaction to that. I'll never I wish f- you, I
1: wish had a picture of that. You know, Louis Lips, his face and your face.
0: Oh, he, the guys, he's insane anyway. <laughs> but even that, he still texts me. That's good. This guy's a first round draft pick back when he played for the Steelers. Like, it's bizarre. Look at that
1: relationship you got, all thanks to Todd Kalos. You know, absolutely.
0: And let me tell you, that day, again, going back to a relationship, Mm -hmm. that day is one of those days where I wasn't even supposed to play in that tournament. That's right. I was supposed to play in it, and then there was a misunderstanding, and so I was kind of an odd man out for Mm -hmm. the company. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm still going. And I sat down and and I talked to the, the Chevron personnel that were working. I said, listen, I'm, I don't have a team. I'll help out any way you need me to help out in the tournament. And, uh, and shortly thereafter, they came and said, hey, you know what? Louis Lips has a team. Isn't that? You're on. So I you know, But to play. see
1: that friendly approach that you came in with? I'll help out anywhere. I'll do whatever mm-hmm. it takes. You weren't being miserable. You weren't swearing no. at the people or anything. You are no. being very – Distinguished and and nice to them. And that's what it it carries you so much further.
0: Man, I looked at it like I'm at one of the oldest country clubs in the country. Isn't that place beautiful? It's so beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's unbelievable. When I first, I'd never been to Pittsburgh until Mm. that trip. And being from Texas my whole life, we just thought Pittsburgh, you know, steel town, it's a dirty town, whatever. It's absolutely beautiful. It is. Pittsburgh is a beautiful city. And the country here is absolutely beautiful. Right. Um, And that country club is amazing. But my thought was. You know, I flew up here on a private jet. I'm staying downtown Pittsburgh. I'm at one of the oldest, most prestigious country clubs in the country. You got it. I'm really pretty much winning That's at right. life at this point. And then... then and how can
1: you even win any further? And you did it. And I did. And get the it's get trifecta.
0: It's an unbelievable story. And and then I get to meet you. I get to meet all these people that are we've connected. I think that
1: story should be a book or a movie. I mean, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a short story for sure. Oh, come on.
0: Uh, but... my favorite part of that day was sending a picture of me standing by that sign to my wife and saying hey i just hit my first hole in one and she was like bullshit whatever and then calling her and louis lips taking the phone from me and having about a 20 minute conversation with my wife about how much fun we were having and he's just uh he's he's a he's a wild card man that dude's great very cool Uh, it's very cool and it was cool to to connect with that guy and and again genuine connections right and, and and he even said that. he gave me his mobile number and everything i was like hey man i don't know Are you sure you want to? do that he's like we're friends we've nice. been through this together today this is nice. we're forever bonded and similar to, to our story true. it's just you're bonded through such a unique experience and if you go into business with somebody right that experience is going to uniquely bond you as well very true and so if you go into it with the wrong person right that's going to be I think that's going to amplify how negative that feels. Absolutely. And has that ever happened with you? Have you ever gone into business with somebody and you're like, man, that just did not work out like I thought it would? On a personal level, not on a professional level.
1: Again, it, it, the only way I get that feeling is on certain clients you misread. They misrepresent coming in. And that happened to me a few times through the years, yes. Someone might say their net worth is, say, $4 and here the wife has control of the four million and that person has zero yeah and they string you along string you along string you along make you tiny tiny payments you realize you're never going to get the contracted rate of whatever hundred two hundred thousand dollar deal here and they're wasting your time and then they get sour and then they blow up on you and it's like wait a second (laughs) it's papered out all along the trail guys (laughs) right right and that's the only time that really happens but again i don't focus on that i focus on the next one i don't care i really don't even litigate people that owe me money, I just walk away from it and I go chase another rainbow basically because there's so much out there. I That's why I don't have full-time staff that we do contractors and we just have people on call constantly. And it works out so much better because I just pick another deal, pick another deal, and I let so many slide by because I just, eh, that doesn't really excite me. Mm-hmm. You know, is the juice worth the squeeze? And it's so funny you say that because one of my ex-colleagues uses, taught me that term a few years back. I, I love no, that I've saying. That.
0: I, I love that saying because it, it really is, uh, you know, you understand what it means, but it's also such a visual, right? You're, it truly is. You're, you're squeezing something so hard to get juice out of it. It truly is. And is that worth it? You're right. And in some cases, absolutely, it's not worth it.
1: Absolutely. No, you're right. And the 80-20 rule, then you got to yeah. actually fire some of your customers.
0: Man, that 80-20 rule, that, is, uh, that holds up.
1: It truly does
0: in all areas of your life for sure
1: i've gotten older that's what i've been doing a lot of and up to the point like i said one month a year and you set yourself up on a on a cushion you can take a five-year sabbatical if you want to and you're good like don't worry about it don't sweat it i mean you're out there to have fun not work and if it's too stressful don't do it
0: yeah but it sounds like you've kind of threaded that needle too with a job that you truly love doing absolutely and so if you can do that and I've, I've been able
1: to do that. It's not if, it's when.
0: Right, well, that's true. And I've been just, able to do that. You know, I've, I've, with, with Wildcat, the, the company I work for, you know, they, they encourage me to do stuff like this, which is stuff that I really enjoy doing. And this is not monetized. I mean, I just do it because I get to sit down with people that are interesting in my life and, and, and also meet new people that are founders and CEOs and, do, and doing amazing things in, mm-hmm. in all areas of the world. And, and it's, uh, it's fun. And more than being fun, it's just something that I truly have a passion for and enjoy doing. And, uh,
1: no, but see, that's where it's getting monetized to Wildcat in a couple of ways. Number one, it's, it's your mental attitude is through the roof because they're letting you do this. Yeah, So you're actually being more productive at work. You're coming in a better mood, more productive. Sure. You're going to be more helpful. Sure. And you're getting notoriety to Wildcat, too. If you start to hashtag this and get this thing posted and yeah. you throw it through well, some it, social it, it, media, you let us as entrepreneurs kick it around. Mm-hmm. I can hit 2.5 million right now. Share me something. I can hit my friends. You want 25 million? Give me 10 minutes. Yeah, twenty-five million people. They like got word of mouth. How many people are we going to talk to in the next year?
0: Uh, plenty, and that's the goal. And and right. the, and, and you're exactly right. And so,
1: I'm in old school people that you know word of mouth business. It just drives me nuts when they say that.
0: What's What's beautiful about the relationship I have with uh, you know the ownership at Wildcat, mm-hmm. you know. Aaron's like a brother to me. It's great. It's a family-owned business, uh, you know, Trip and, and Duke and the others. They're nice. fantastic people. We've gotten to know each other over the last four years really well. Nice. Uh, and, and they see that bigger picture. You know, Aaron's a younger CEO. Tripp is our COO. He's not even 30 yet. Wow. And so these guys understand the concept of, okay, well, when Justin's out there doing that, any eyes that see him associate him with Wildcat, it's free to them. Right. For for me to be doing this, and you know, like right now, I'm in town to do work specifically for Wildcap. That doesn't start till tomorrow. Nice, and so I'm able to bring my equipment with me right. easily in a suitcase and right. set up and do this. Right. Uh, and so you're exactly right, and and it's those types of relationships and those types of things. Um, if you can find something that you're passionate about and that you truly enjoy doing. Uh, even though it, this is a lot of work to put together, you know, you got to put the equipment together, you got to carry it with you, you got to
1: right.
0: have a conversation, you got to do those things. That's a lot of work. Um, but, man, it's fun to do.
1: Do you carry this on a plane with you or do you pack it? Uh,
0: so, you know, I have, a, I have that fairly large bag there. I checked that. Wow. Uh, and so everything's, you know, packed in foam and whatever else. And the the camera goes in that GoPro, goes right. in that Pelican case. But my computer and everything just in my lives in my backpack. So... Yeah, all this stuff
1: gets checked. Personally, if it was me, I would downsize your bag and carry it on the flight. Because seriously, I carry TSM equipment. Mm-hmm. I carry the majority of whatever I need to get done. It's above me. Yep. And I would never let that go through because sometimes it will – I'm just saying it will happen to you. It will just
0: disappear. I don't know how often I'm going to be actually schlepping it around the country. There's just been a couple of times, but uh, but I agree. Uh, I, I do get nervous every time I check it. Murphy's because Law, I'm, that's it, <sighs> please please make it
1: please make it please make it i carry mine man yeah i go i have to go four hours early when i fly with my gear because i carry so much stuff Mm -hmm. a lot of times tsa don't know what it doesn't know what it is and or it might pop positive for say explosives or something Mm because of where i've been Mm -hmm. and it takes a while but then by the end of it they're wanting to work for me and they're very friendly and sure efficient
0: sure yeah and i had a great experience at tsa today actually uh they we didn't have to take our shoes off right we didn't have to check our. We didn't have to take anything out of our bags. We just put everything in a bin and walked through, and it was, it was great. I think they're getting better at it. Their their equipment's getting Are better.
1: TSA pre-cert. No, you're not.
0: No, I don't well, travel that often. Well, you'd be surprised. To get it, it helps. Yeah, I've thought about it.
1: No, it's just certain airports. Again, you can get stuck in lines. that might. I've been in San Francisco. It was a three hour wait for the general population. That's I, your that's your
0: fault for going to San Francisco.
1: It was a contract well, yeah. the, juice, the, the, the juice was worth the squeeze yeah brother. i tell you what it's funny
0: oil and gas doesn't go to san francisco very often man yeah, but you but have the
1: wine country out there too it's so pretty it's gorgeous it's
0: so pretty that that whole area of california that north california like that is so cool. pretty so well what's next for bob Crescent? what are you doing what are you doing next
1: what am i doing next working on more relationships and uh with the wealthier crowd just developing deeper, meaningful relationships and seeing where we can grow them to. And just helping others do the same thing. Because again, that's where my passion lies at this point is just doing collaborative projects mm-hmm. and whatever comes in through the PI door comes in. And I do white label for a couple large companies and I'm having a blast doing that. So I want to work on that a little bit more too, just again, because the clientele base that they have, it's been a lot of fun and I'd like to continue that, you know, I told them at least uh, another six years. You know god willing and health willing you know uh, matt i don't
0: yeah. see any reason in the world you wouldn't be able to pull that off
1: well, the equipment uh, my bag weighs 180 to two and a quarter depending on what all i take so it's a little bit of a challenge sometimes but
0: you know we keep your test numbers around 1200 you're good 12 yeah, to 14 a you bi- t-
1: it's a back that kicks out though man <laughs> <laughs> your mind saying go do it and then your, your back says you dumbass yeah <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing man <laughs> what are you right. trying
0: to do that's right uh, yeah I, I get that too man uh, especially doing jujitsu it's, a, it's young, a young man's game man and uh young. it's uh it's something i can i can handle for a while but man the, the body right the body will just eventually be like hey we've had enough today absolutely so, um well, man where can people find information about you or, or empire you know obviously i'm sure you have that information about you guarded uh, lock and key but uh where can people find if they wanted to follow bob crescent are you on instagram are you on facebook all that stuff
1: oh absolutely instagram is bob crescent we kept it simple uh facebook there's five or six accounts empire investigations will get you started we have com, and we also have are you suspicious spelled out dot com I was surprised i could even buy that one um, like
0: the letter r letter u suspicious
1: a r e y o u okay Suspicious.com. yeah that's an awesome website that's an oh, awesome yeah. domain yeah but uh i have 40 others too we're starting to build out i'm just going to sell them off though honestly mm-hmm. they're boutique ones and we're just going to build traffic to them and sell them out in, in this in the sector um Again. LinkedIn,
0: you're on LinkedIn.
1: Oh, absolutely, Robert Crescent on LinkedIn. Yeah, I went a little bit more professional in the LinkedIn crowd. <laughs> but uh, I well, say you, man,
0: LinkedIn's become kind of interesting to watch. You know, everything. You know, mine's trying to keep it very professional and all that. Right. And you're starting to see some of the younger people come out with their pictures like up in the club. You know, right. as their profile picture. Like, oh, that's not really what this is for. You know, but I, I think as it younger and younger people enter the workforce, it'll just become that. Uh, Absolutely. You know, I had that conversation with someone the other day and I was, when I was talking to my daughters who they're 16 and 20, I was telling them, you know, anything you put on in, on Snapchat, anything like that, it's there forever. You never get rid of it. People can find it. I said, so be aware of that when you're posting stuff. Right. And then as I think through it, as they progress in their lives and the people progress and then it will become less less of an issue right because younger people will be in management roles and things it. like that and they'll be like well i did that who cares right uh and so it's just interesting it's an it interesting th- thought process to have that there's always evolution happening Absolutely. in business so for sure well man this has been great no, and, thank you, very and much. you know i haven't been back to pittsburgh in a while just the covid and, and it, the people weren't traveling and, yeah. and in the you know, Texas was back to normal fairly quick, um, but the, the Northeast stayed, and in, in, again, understood it standably, population and everything, but uh, I'm glad that I was able to connect with you. Absolutely. Thank Getting you up so here. much for reaching out. Uh, the last time you and I connected, you and, and Todd Kalis and I had mm-hmm. dinner. I can't remember where we ate, but it was an amazing steakhouse. Mm-hmm. I think it was, was it a Ditka's? Or?
1: Probably. Yeah, Ditka's. I think it was Ditka's. Yeah, That's it was
0: it. so good. Um, and... Oh, I meant to tell you, we have Yingling beer in Texas now.
1: Nice.
0: And first time I had it was it was here, and I thought, man, that's a tasty beer. That's and we didn't have it in Texas at all, but they they've gotten it there now, nice. and uh, I, I keep it on stock. So, um, but this has been fantastic to just sit down, learn more about you. Uh, But beyond that, just to to get to sit and have a drink with you again has been a blast.
1: No, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well,
0: man, thanks so much. And if there's ever anything you need from me, please don't hesitate to ask.
1: And you the same. All right, man. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. All right, bye-bye.